Welcome to the Year of the Movie Podcast, the podcast where we talk about movies from the year of the movie 2023. I'm getting really good at that. Yeah. I don't practice it. Really? Yeah, that's a little brag. A little humble You're brag. Just I'm just, I'm just so good. I want a compilation of all of them put together mm-hmm. to see how different they are. Because I feel like they're not. <laughs> That would be a great compilation. <laughs> or if they're just overlaid. Yeah. So you hear all of them at you once. You want the, the Billy Mays video where it's every single infomercial he's done where it says, hi, Billy Mays here in unison. Yeah. Yeah. I want that. Yeah. We'll get there. That's the new goal. Someday. <laughs> um, The movie that we're talking today, talking about today, mm-hmm. I should practice that in the mirror. Um, The movie that we're talking about today is Inside. That's right. Bo Burnham's Inside. <laughs> no, it it's the it's the Willem Dafoe 2023 movie. That was a little joke, a little jest. A little jest. Yeah. You good, Bryce? Do you hear the booming outside? I heard a booming. Yeah, outside. we're gonna ignore the boom that we heard outside. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Also, hello. I yes. am here. Bryce, Bryce is here. here. He's back. He wasn't in the last episode, uh, because we talked about the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And you didn't want that spoiled. And mm-hmm. that is reasonable. I never watched anything of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I had all the toys. Mm. Fake fan. Well, mm-hmm. dedicated fake fan. Exactly. <laughs> it might be oh. a, a good movie for you. <laughs> yeah. And then you can check the, the podcast episode to see how I felt about it. And I'll be surprised. Mm-hmm. I'll be at, oh, those are some hot takes. I had the car, like the, the, the truck, the that van. didn't fit all of them. Uh, and you had to put a can of silly string in it, uh-huh. and it squirted. Uh-huh. I never put a can of silly string in it because I couldn't figure it out. Yeah. Do you know that squirting is mostly pee? <laughs> when turtles do it, I mean probably. Yeah, probably. Why did we start this podcast to talk about squirting? <laughs> <laughs> That now marks two podcasts where I make the turtle having sex noise. <laughs> We're going for three. Again, I want another compilation. <laughs> another compilation of me going, ah. Yep, there's another one. <laughs> we started this podcast because 2023 is a weird year for movies. How? So many reasons. I'm so <laughs> glad you've asked. We don't practice this. <laughs> um, strikes happened. Number one. Oof. Number two. Weird movies already came out. We started the year off strong with Cocaine Bear, and then... 65. 65. (laughs) And then we got a little goofy in the mainstream movies, too, with Barbie. Yeah. And then... Goofy doesn't mean bad, by the way. No, it's just like... It just makes you go, huh. Yeah. (laughs) I feel like there's been a bit of a slump of, like, new IP in -hmm. general, uh, and, like, doing a lot of remakes and sequels and stuff. And this year was like, no, what if... What if Barbie had a movie? What if we come back? And yeah. Do what if Tetris had a movie? Cocaine bear. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, it's just like every so much has come out this year, and it's just wild. Yeah. So we talk about them one at a time. So we will do this and for until forever. Yeah. Yeah. It will last until we die. Mm-hmm. So many came out that I forgot that they were doing a Marvel movie. Yeah. We still got one more in the chamber. Yeah. Huh? Yeah, we do. I've seen that trailer so many times. And Aquaman. And Aquaman. Aquaman 2 is finally coming out mm-hmm. this year. 
supposedly. It's it's, it's this okay. December. I it's forgot that that was happening. Yeah, yeah. No, there. I think are, most people did. I'm going back to the spreadsheet. I feel like there are uh, an interesting number of movies that are coming out in December. The Bike Riders. We oh, haven't yeah. talked about that. That filmed here in Cincinnati. Yeah, that's a Austin Butler. Um, Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy. Jody Comer. Sure. Yeah. Michael Shannon's also in it. Great. Um, yeah. Leave the world behind. I don't know that one. Poor things. I've seen a lot about. That's uh, Emma Stone. Oh yeah, it's a weird, a weird movie. Yeah, that, that's a weird art house movie. That trailer reminded me of the movie Mirror Mask, which most people haven't seen. I haven't. Um, and then unfortunately, Wonka. Wonka. <laughs> Among other things. Wonka. Uh, the Ferrari movie Ferrari. also happening. So we get we started the year with Adam Driver, and we will end the year with Adam Driver. The last movie we ever do for this podcast should be an Adam Driver movie. <laughs> just 65 again yeah uh <laughs> because it's i feel valid in asking this question with this lineup uh is ferrari a documentary no no is it, it is about um the man ferrari. it's a biopic okay gotcha yeah. I, th- I didn't know if it was something like barbie no yeah. it's Where the um car was alive it's like a, you're thinking of herbie you're thinking of car from cars there we go <laughs> car we go. from cars <laughs> yeah, my well, favorite I, I, character. Don't, I don't know because like if you if you you could name a <laughs> biopic about the lady who made barbie barbie yeah. i don't know it could have been mm-hmm. the ferrari the, is like a um the takes itself seriously kind of biopic that yeah. we've seen recently uh, oh there's also maestro that's also a biopic maestro there's maestro. the bob marley right no D- uh, yeah, Bob Marley is right? next year. No, that's next year. Okay, um, I thought that was this year. But the the Bob Ross spoof also came the out this spoof, year. Spoof, spoof, spoof. We're spoof? it's eight forty and we're going strong. This is our second podcast today. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I feel like there's another. I mean, I guess you could count like Tetris, Blackberry that came out this year. Yep, it's a it's a George Foreman. It's a biopic George kind of year. Yeah, but. Today, we're here to talk about the movie Inside, which was another kind of weird art house film mm-hmm. for a different reason that the Poor Things movie was going to be. Yeah. Um, synopsis of Inside is a high-end art thief becomes trapped inside a luxury high-tech penthouse in New York's Times Square after his heist doesn't go as planned. Locked inside with nothing but priceless works of art, he must use all of his cunning and in- ten- invention to survive. Mm-hmm. Um, now... For our video viewers, you might see between us, we have a little display. Um, sometimes we like it to kind of correlate with what's happening. Sometimes it's just camera lenses or movies just to be like, hey, it's yeah. a movie podcast. Mm-hmm. But today we have some flowers and a cornucopia. Bryce, do you want to go ahead and explain to us why you chose flowers and a cornucopia? As our set designer? Listen, listen. So our audio viewers, Bryce is moving? Listen. Uh-huh. Look at this. Look at this. Okay, so Bryce is showing the, the cornucopia to the camera. I'm putting them inside. Wow. See? Really, we really make you think at this podcast. Yeah. For audio viewers, uh, he, he put the cornucopia around one of the cameras. Mm-hmm. For video viewers, I'm sorry. <laughs> I put you inside. <laughs> That's comedy. Mm-hmm. So today we're talking about inside. Um, what? were your first impressions when you heard about this movie uh first impressions was willem dafoe i like him mm-hmm. that should be interesting mm-hmm. second was 
why did they name it inside bo burnham's inside was like pretty successful and and big yeah i know that this was a german filmmaker Mm -hmm. but i don't know every time i had to look up something about this movie i had to specify inside parentheses 2023 (laughs) yeah like i feel like it stuck yeah trapped not outside art (laughs) whatever the german word for inside is yeah like who cares why inside it felt i don't know Mm -hmm. uh i thought this movie was gonna be i i mean it came out earlier in this year or like came out in march or something um and so it was one of the first ones where i was like oh okay there's good stuff too (laughs) yeah there's stuff that takes itself seriously Mm -hmm. that's coming out this year too boy does this movie take itself seriously it sure does yeah. but for now let's talk about that trailer okay because we always talk about the trailer always for a few reasons <laughs> i'm getting really emotional <laughs> why why are we talking about the trailer because you can't show it legally <laughs> <laughs> um yeah we can't show it legally <laughs> we think maybe if you haven't seen this maybe this description might get you into it and also trailers and movies are often different the thing that the trailer portrays is not what the movie is. Yeah. Um, and so we like to talk about that if it's ever if it ever comes up. A lot of the times it doesn't, but, you know, sometimes it does. Mm-hmm. So today, our trailer, it starts with us hearing a helicopter as we see a shot of New York City flying through the skyscrapers. There's chatter over a comm line coordinating movements. We hear, number one, go, coupled with shots inside a luxury apartment. Willem Dafoe hurries inside, looking around the space, as a voice tells him, Okay, you got seven minutes. Stay focused. The art in here is worth millions. There are some quick shots of Willem Dafoe walking around, looking at art, finding the specific pieces he's after, and putting them in bags. The voice says, Proceed to step two. While we get a quick look at a family portrait of the owner of the apartment and a close-up of Willem Dafoe grabbing a small statue, the screen cuts to black. There's now an alarm blaring with flashing lights and a confused Willem Dafoe asking, what's happening that's what willem dafoe sounds like as he yells over the comms for a response we see him running towards a glass security door that shuts closed and we hear him say it won't open and the voice over comms responds sorry man you're on your own there's a long close-up of a fish in aquarium before cutting to willem dafoe's sweaty face the title card pops up reading this march before being quickly replaced by a hand sliding up glass and willem dafoe testing to see if a phone is working We see him slapping windows to test their strength and turning a faucet on and off, finding out the water doesn't work. He says, come in, number three, over his walkie-talkie while stabbing the wooden front door, trying to carve his way outside. There's a close-up of sweat going down his back before showing the glitchy thermostat displaying 90 degrees Fahrenheit. There are other quick shots of Defoe before we see him laying down with the night sky behind him, still talking into the uh, the walkie-talkie to number three, there's a shot of a woman on a security camera, Defoe looking interested in something off screen, and then see and then we see him opening the fridge. More quick shots of him licking the ice out of the freezer walls with the thermostat now at 100 degrees Fahrenheit. We see him looking at a screen displaying security camera feeds, the same woman from earlier, and then Defoe trying to push a piece of paper under the door and screaming for help. We see the woman on the security camera just outside the door, and Defoe is screaming from inside. Just like the movie title. There's a title card of Willem Dafoe's name before cutting to another close-up of his face, and he raises a large vase over his head. He smashes it, and then there are shots of him moving furniture around and making a structure trying to reach the apartment skylight. We hear him say, Go to Tomskin Square Park. Look for a guy named Danny Z. Do that for me. 
over images of Defoe trying to break out any way possible and speaking to a pigeon outside the window. He says, tell him I'm stuck here. Sounds just like Willem Defoe, doesn't it? It's like he's in the room with us. As we see him looking at the fish in the aquarium, seeing a fish struggling to breathe out of water, and then Defoe eats the fish. Things keep cutting quickly as we see him now drawing on walls and just generally looking pretty intense. There's another shot of him speaking to the bird outside and saying, Nobody here but us pigeons. <laughs> we see him drawing a large spiral slash eye shape on the wall and the thermoset now says 106 degrees Fahrenheit. It cuts to black again, fitting up to another close-up to Foe's face as he says, I feel you, brother. I'm gonna set you free. And we see he's speaking to a canvas of a man taped to a wall, with Defoe now knocking it down. The music gets more intense. There are more drawings. The pigeon outside is also trapped, and Defoe says, When I was a kid, my teacher asked what I would save from my house if it were on fire. And then a shot of a girl outside the window with a large dog in the snow. Defoe's arms are raised, almost worshipping his now more detailed spiral drawing, and then he's holding a torch on fire in the kitchen. Other quick art shots... Uh, before we see Defoe falling from his structure out of focus, and he keeps talking, and he says, I answered a sketchbook, an ACD album, and my cat Groucho. ACDC. Sorry, ACDC album, and my cat Groucho. <laughs> there are lots of quick shots, including fireworks behind Defoe, the woman from the security camera looking at him, and, and spitting on his spiral drawing. There's a shot from above of Defoe rocking in a chair while the narration continues. I didn't mention my parents or my sister. That turned into a weird, like, Liam Neeson type of thing. Uh, I didn't mention my parents or my sister as the screen fades to black again. Defoe is now walking in a small hallway with a green light asking, Does that make me a bad person? Before another shot of a piece of art, and then Defoe recoiling from something and screaming. We see many quick, chaotic shots of Defoe basically losing his mind while the narration says, Cats die. Music fades. But art is for keeps. It ends on a shot of him in profile, wrapped in a blanket, and standing in front of the fish tank before cutting to the title card, Inside. That was a very good Willem Dafoe. I'm glad you committed to it through the entire thing. You gotta commit to the bit. Yeah. Um, this is a tense movie. It's such a tense movie, and not always in the best way. I'll yeah. say that. Um, mm-hmm. He's pretty much the only cast member, and that is always impressive when a movie is like no we have one dude like uh moon with sam rockwell Mm -hmm. is basically just sam rockwell the martian the martian is basically just sam rock no (laughs) (laughs) um yeah like i i always think that is impressive and Mm -hmm. like the movie started out it started out good they're like yeah he's alone he's got to escape um there are other people in this movie there's like a dream sequence where he sees other people and then we get some voices and then all of the security footage is still people acting. They never talk. Mm-hmm. It's just like people in the building that he's in on security footage. He's never physically in a room with anyone else that you see. Like he... Except for the dream sequence. Ex- in, except for dream sequence stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. You, you barely get him communicating with the other people that he's coordinating this art heist with. And then he talks at people on the security footage. Yeah. And then the rest of it is just him talking to himself if there if there is any dialogue. Uh, so uh, reviews I saw kept referring to it as like a one-man show, yeah. basically, which is 
always impressive when that happens. Castaway. That's another one. That's, mm, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. a good, good mm-hmm. example. Yeah. Um, it is wild. It's tense. I don't... There's so much... I don't know. I don't fully know where to start. Uh, so, like, with the trailer, another thing that it highlights is, like, I the shots are just so fast that writing a recap of this would just be impossible to do, like, every single shot. Not impossible, but I just didn't want to do it. Sure. Um, but there's, there's like, a whole... He... It, it definitely hints that, like, re- the reality will be blurred. And... Yeah. Um, so like you see there is later on in the movie like a dream sequence um the girl from the family portrait shows up outside the window with the dog um his whole drawing that he makes on the wall like takes on a whole it it gets much more elaborate but then also in the trailer he makes his own headdress basically (laughs) and that's one of the shots that you see where I just said, like, him basically losing his mind. Because I don't know how else to explain, like, he makes a headdress. Yeah. And he, like, it's a big furry thing. Like, it's made out of, like, blankets and stuff. And then I think pipe cleaners or something. So it's got, like, fuzzy antlers. And then it it covers his whole body, essentially. It just gets it's so chaotic. Clearly in the trailer, they're showing that this isn't just a dude stuck in a building like no. this is this is more they than... they frame it like a survival movie especially with a synopsis yes but then um like especially yes especially with the synopsis but then also so many shots going back to the thermostat they also show that there's no water that he doesn't have easy access to like the utilities that you would typically find in an, in an yeah. apartment um also like we were comparing it to or saying like other one man shows essentially a lot of those are also survival stories 127 hours Mm -hmm. like those i think it's very interesting just the concept of doing a survival story where you're not completely isolated and you are like in one of the most densely populated cities in the world that concept is interesting uh don't worry this movie doesn't take it in a cool direction (laughs) nope it doesn't yeah um yeah, I mean, it's hard to tell what's real in this movie as mm-hmm. it goes on. Uh, this isn't, it's, it's not really a spoiler yet, but it is just like, as you're watching, you're like, is this happening? What is happening? Eventually. Why is it happening? Yeah, I feel like I got to the point where I was just accepting scenes being presented to me and not thinking about like, mm-hmm. how did we get here? Yeah, it's best to just leave the mind which is not it i don't think that's what the movie was going for no probably not (laughs) it wants you to think it is german (laughs) yeah like it is an american movie but the director is german yeah like it's definitely artousy um yeah yeah the the cast willem dafoe did you know his name was nemo Nope. The character's name is Nemo. They only ever call him number one. Which I, like, this, okay, this movie tries to do a lot. So it tries to make me. you think. <laughs> this movie is Finding Nemo. Yes. It tries to make you think a lot about, like, stuff. I don't know how deep we want to get into it at this point. But I I find it very superficial. Spoiler, I guess, for our review later. But, like, I, it doesn't. 
I, I just I saw that his name was Nemo and I was like, oh, come on. <laughs> like, yeah. That's a name that's always used with like nobody. This is supposed <laughs> to be no one. You're Which means to, like, it could be anyone. Exactly. So it's just. <sighs> yeah. yeah. No one ever says. I thought his name was Jack because he writes at one point. He just I guess he was just labeling the drawing that he did. Yeah. And there's a, a, a man that he names Jack mm-hmm. or notices his name in the security footage. No, I, I got that part because then he names Jack jasmine who yeah. is played by eliza stiak yeah <laughs> and then gene Bervowitz as the owner of the he's he's the just penthouse that he's in he's only credited as the owner we don't learn his name or anything yeah um i don't know i this this is such a weird confusing movie that i would say if you don't want spoilers stop listening but I mean, also it's yeah. like it's not plot heavy, no. <laughs> so it's hard to say when spoilers start. Basically, that's the entire plot. Is he, he gets an, stuck. an art heist goes wrong? He's in there. It becomes a survival story as yeah. he tries to MacGyver his way out of the situation. Not well. Not well. Um. So it starts right. He's stealing the stuff, mm-hmm. and then an alarm goes off mm-hmm. in this luxury building, implying. There's security. There's security. No one ever comes up. There's no one's. No one is like, oh, the alarm is going off in our building. We should go check that. Yeah. Which I think is probably like a, is this real type of thing? Because. Oh, I think that's very generous. <laughs> to, to well, I, I don't. <laughs> because I think like throughout this movie, they're showing like he's in purgatory. Yeah. Right. There's a. There and, and the whole thing tones. is like. You know, what he says in the trailer, he says twice in the movie of when I was a kid, my teacher asked me if my house is on fire, what three things would I save? Mm -hmm. And he's talking about like the art thing is what he would save. His sketchbook. Um, But he never like it seems like he never really went into art like professionally. He Mm -hmm. became an art thief. Theft. Thefter. Yeah. One who thefts. Right. And so I feel like he's in purgatory and he has to like basically finally accept art and like go into it before he can mm. escape, which is what his drawing on the wall is. And I and I hate saying all of this because I am not someone who is like, let's overanalyze this film and get the meaning of it, right? The red door is red because it's fucking red. <laughs> <laughs> so saying any of this stuff that I'm saying yeah. of... I, he's in purgatory accepting our all of that i don't like thinking that <laughs> you sound so deep <laughs> sounds so good thanks babe <laughs> <laughs> you got this where is your acoustic guitar <laughs> anyways this is wonderful yeah. <laughs> um yeah i agree i do also think like i less so in the past several years but i was definitely a film bro dude of like this is there's there's a reason why everything is in cinema movies. yeah cinema like just to me film bro dude means like fully willing to buy into the pretentiousness of something and yeah. being like i understand this so therefore it is better <laughs> um like it's it takes itself so seriously and that is the intention of the movies to yep. make you think about like purgatory and religion and art or whatever 
allegedly i don't think this movie does it well no i it like when when it is just him surviving and trying to escape yeah i'm all about those parts because something's happening something's happening um he isn't good at trying to escape he tries to break a window once and then just gives up that's what i was gonna say about you doing like being nice and saying that it's purgatory or whatever and like maybe it's not real of the security existing i i don't think that's what the intention was just because there are so many other things that happen in the movie where it's like this is not based in logic like there's so when i say like the security isn't real i mean none of it's real like the theft never happened yeah none of this is real Mm. this is that like all the what we have seen is him entering purgatory Mm. experiencing it so like because he he has access to the security footage for the building which Mm. makes no sense and so yeah. I think that's part of the purgatory of like you are seeing what is happening still like you like you get like this like glimpse and you're like close but you can't get it mm. and that's what purgatory is. Gotcha. <clears throat> and so none of this is real. The security thing was just to mess with him because mm-hmm. like the alarms are really loud and flashing lights and so he like turned off all the lights and got rid of the sound like the alarms and mm-hmm. stuff. So like that to me was just that's what I meant by that. I I still think that it's like um choosing things to happen because the plot needs to keep happening or the movie needs to keep happening and not necessarily basing it on like what would happen in real life so like he goes into the initial art heist number three says you have seven minutes there's already an alarm going off he has some sort of override code that turns the alarm off but only for a certain amount of time or whatever and then the thing that gets him actually trapped in the apartment is he puts in a code trying to open the front door and it's the wrong code or something messes up or something. There's a glitch in the system, whatever. Yeah. Doors slam shut. He can't get out. The, the big alarm starts going off. No one comes up to check on this luxury apartment to see, hey, I wonder what's happening. Yeah. The, the utilities for the place are shut off. Cause the, sort of. The, well, so it's kind of implied <laughs> that like the owner is he's a, he's, he's off on, in kazakhstan right now he's on an extended trip um so they knew that the apartment would be empty to me that read as like oh you leave for a long time you're gonna turn the utilities off that makes sense except, except you're that rich one i don't think you would care about that <laughs> at that point two the plants still keep getting watered so that's how he gets water throughout the movie yeah he's so, got this like plant area with automatic a watering system yeah. but like all of like the sinks and the toilet and everything the toilet doesn't flush none of that plumbing has water yeah um and then like there's like, a a water feature that he can't drink and it's salt water fish so like he can't yeah everything everything is working so hard against him for this to happen the thermostat is broken it's just it's glitchy the entire time there's not really like maybe it was his fault but also maybe it was glitchy in the first place because of whatever set the alarm off initially and then the other thing that's like not i don't think it's true to real life is like he never attempts to make any contact outside he tries the phone call the phone he tests the phone sees the lines are down or whatever doesn't try again he tries he does try with the walkie-talkie but then that dies and then he doesn't really attempt except outside of that. he only tries the walkie-talkie on his line 
to contact the right. people helping with the heist. He doesn't He never switches it. to a different channel. Yeah. And he's like, testing. Te like, that yeah. never happens. He never really pays attention, like, outside the apartment window. Like, he hears helicopters going by, and he would look up at first, of, yeah. like, oh, is it them or whatever? And then you hear more helicopters going by, and he pays less and less attention to them as it goes on. But then the, the biggest thing that bothered me was, one, you pointed out that the windows are so big, and he doesn't put anything on the windows, like SOS or mm -hmm. whatever. Um, but then the movie, like the cinematography specifically highlights this fancy chess set that is all pyramids and like geometric shapes. And like pure glass. Yeah, like and it highlights that they catch the light in a specific way. So, and he looks at them, and he like you see him experiencing a thought <laughs> about it and i thought oh he's gonna flash it outside and yeah. like signal or try and get someone's attention he doesn't do that and he like goes and smashes the vase so that he can make goggles so that he can chisel at the skylight so that he can get out and it just yeah and so <clears throat> i <sighs> think pretentious understanding of this movie it's not about escaping. It's about how artists hyperfixate on one thing for perfection. Mm. Good? We good with that? I hate that. Yeah. I hate that. So this movie. Dude. <laughs> this movie should be about escaping. <laughs> and it made me mad. And it should be about survival. Like, there was some food in the house. And he seemed to not ration it out. He was just, like, going through it. He was just like, ooh, caviar and moldy crackers? Yeah, the yum, first yum, time yum. that he hears the uh, automatic uh, watering system turn on mm -hmm. he just drinks out of it and lays in it like i know it's hot and he's tired and shit yeah he doesn't do anything to try to catch the water until like the next time yeah but it's like no you like you don't know when this is coming back on you should get something immediately i know i was thinking that of like while he was laying there if, like i get cooling down and also like not everyone is going to be a good macgyver in a situation or whatever but i was just like what if these plants are watered once a week like yeah <laughs> and i know not everyone is a good macgyver mm -hmm. this guy is an art thief he should be prepared he, this for is things. such an organized crime yeah like this and is he like he doesn't have the skills to back that up at all yeah if if the temperatures are going up to 106 degrees but there's still electricity so the freezer still works get some of that water put it in the fridge get the condensation right like yeah <laughs> I was like, there's so much he could have done. They show him in the trailer licking the ice and the condensation off of the freezer walls, mm -hmm. and then at one point they show him with an ice cube, and then like running it over his face trying to cool down, and then sucking on it because he has limited water. But yeah. I was also like, is the is it still making ice? I know. If it's still making ice, then there's water. Yeah. Like it's still cooked to the water. It's. I get if it's supposed to be purgatory, and it's like that's the whole point. Is it's an illusion, but also yeah. like make rules for your universe and stick to them <laughs> uh you mentioned the toilet thing a couple times did that come into play at all yep oh, it yeah. sure did it sure did it was so gross thank well, you so much for asking you can take a bucket scoop the salt water out put that in the basin and i you can know still when we, flush after we watched it yeah. i said a toilet the way a toilet works is as long as it has water in the tank you can flush it right he he sees that there's water in the bowl he like peas for the first time or something like that he sees there's water in it he f tries to flush it and nothing happens and it's just supposed to be like ah yep and i know this is gross what i'm about to say but knowing that if there's water in the tank you pee in the tank <laughs> you go number two in, in 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 the bowl 
and then voila <laughs> right Liquid. like it two works yeah two for one special yeah he doesn't do that he does not do that he fills up the toilet bowl and then it shows that he started using the massive tub and so there's this giant overshot where he's sitting over the edge of the tub and it's covered in poop and then we get a shot that stays for 30 seconds maybe of just the pile of poop it's Wha- a long shot yeah it's not like and now we're about to like highlight cinema yeah it's <laughs> like- not like now we highlight the realities of being in this situation it was just like in some extended sequence about like i feel like there was another overview thing of like art and what it means and blah 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 and then it's just like poop mm-hmm. so much of it all of it <laughs> all of the poop <laughs> yeah and he's using books as toilet paper yeah and so it's gotta be rough on your on your tushy like i've read a book (laughs) brag (laughs) i'm just saying (laughs) but Um, yeah no that's interesting yeah Yeah. it's it's weird um like (laughs) i just feel high class art thief should have some skills like i i'm a modern day city boy and if I know some basic things, mm-hmm. like how a toilet works, then maybe high-class art thief Willem Dafoe should maybe know some things. Yeah. Um, I want to go back to, like, trying to break the glass. Mm-hmm. When the door closes to, like, the, the patio, it is, like, it's an industrial door. Like, it, like, it seals. It's probably bulletproof glass. Yeah. He takes one thing, hits the glass, nothing happens, and he gives up for the rest of it. Then eventually he finds a chisel. He doesn't try it on the big glass window. Instead, he builds this giant, like, 20 to 30 feet in the air structure so that he can get to this giant light in the middle of the room. Because it's a penthouse and it's huge, right? There's this light in the middle of the room that is, like, rectangular, boxy. It's a big skylight. Yeah. And instead, he uses the chisel to chisel away at the cement holding the the glass piece he doesn't go straight for the glass he goes for the cement around the glass which we were watching that and we were also like why yeah well okay (laughs) he didn't try the glass though okay first you want to try yeah you should try you want to try but don't give up willem (laughs) (laughs) you gotta try they should have in the movie don't give up willem (laughs) this is about movie a movie about quitters uh (laughs) No, I I was just thinking, like, um, if it's nice and fancy and if it's industrial-grade Skyline, then it would be... Oh, I don't want to talk out of my ass on a podcast. Do it. It's there forever. Um, I want to say that it wouldn't be completely glass, that they would be have, like, some plastic... Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but try it, you know? Versus concrete. Yeah, of of course you want to try it. But then, like, it's concrete that he's chiseling away this is also after he tried to chisel through the wooden door and then he finds out that there's like a metal he he hits one i'm sure chiseling is difficult yes he like hits one little speck of there's metal like there's a metal sheet inside Mm -hmm. of this door and then it's just wood ornate around it and then he just goes like no yeah and then he Mm. doesn't he doesn't keep trying yeah I would argue that concrete is easier to chisel than a possible plastic glass mixture. Maybe. Maybe. But what about the window that he originally came out of? 
What if you tried that glass? Just glass. And I know, bulletproof, right? Yeah. Sure. It's tough glass. It's going to be thick. It still breaks. You've got time. If you have a chisel, <laughs> right? And it's also just like... This is the man who saw a toilet and said, well, guess I got to poop yeah. in the broken. tub. Yeah. It's just, I think they made him a little too dumb. <laughs> or just like they, they didn't think about... I guess maybe it just wasn't made by people with survival instincts. I, yeah. <laughs> Those Germans. Which I don't think... <laughs> rough. <laughs> I don't think I have super strong survival instincts, but I do have a little thing I call logic. <laughs> and critical thinking. And like, just... Uh, I mean, I can't speak for logic, but the Germans have critical thinking. Wow. It's there forever. <laughs> <laughs> now, my, now I feel better about mine. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's just... Yeah. So, like, that's all of the complaints, I about, guess. About, like, the realities about of the About the realities. Let's talk about the theology of this movie or the, the mindset. Um, he first, goes insane so fast. Very quickly, which, like sure uh but i also feel like this movie came out after a pandemic happened where a lot of people were inside their own homes mm-hmm. how long did it take you to lose your mind i don't know but like, hours yeah <laughs> oh, well but that sorry that's that is another thing time is unclear time is unclear yeah it seems like maybe it's winter it's definitely winter for part of it because at one point it starts it snowing outside which is also you see that happen when it's like at what point is he fully based in reality like maybe the Mm -hmm. snow isn't even part of it because like the girl with the dog is standing outside in the snow so it's like is is any of that there i don't know it doesn't matter but he sees fireworks so i guess like we can assume that is i assume that yeah new year's eve if there's snow yeah but if it was supposed to be like fourth of july fireworks then yeah how long was this dude uh reviews that i saw said like weeks pass weeks which i don't maybe that that was a lot of poop for weeks that was he was very regular but he wasn't eating don't think about it no don't think about this movie uh but now thinking about this movie let's keep thinking about this movie and you know my bullet point says it's about art question mark is it so yeah i guess it thinks it is um the first thing I want to talk about is that monologue that he repeats. So the trailer does it, and then the opening of the movie is a narration of him saying the thing about mm-hmm. the teacher, and then the movie ends with that narration repeated. It's a different one, though. And then things are added onto it, where then you see that he is leaving a note to the owner of the apartment, mm-hmm. and he says, like, uh, I destroyed most of your home. I saved three objects for you. Yeah etc etc what what, so, uh, what i find interesting about that monologue is that not only is more added at the end when mm-hmm. he does it again but it is a different recording like yes they had him record it twice yeah which i guess is supposed to be like he's different now maybe but it, i don't know yeah it, i thought it was a weird uh yeah so like the thing <laughs> the thing that i that stuck out to me is when he says um cats die music fades but art is for keeps i just heard that line and i and i was like yeah all right that's pretty good but then it shows up so many other times i was just like man this guy wrote this and was like 
that's great that's so good that's the line that's i'm where's my guitar (laughs) like today is gonna be the day (laughs) artist for keeps and it's just also no art is like art deteriorates art we've lost so much art yeah thanks Ruben. he talks about (laughs) (laughs) this is their apology yeah uh, we are very sorry. Okay. <laughs> what accent was that? No, it came out all wrong. Yeah. It came out all wrong. That's weird. Hold on, I gotta find it. I'm gonna find it. Found it. Just for you. Just for me. Okay. In your pocket. <laughs> he, he says like I had an ACDC album. I know vinyl's making a comeback, but that doesn't last super well. Like art. Yeah, I don't. There's art res- restoration is a whole. I, I Job, actually like. have a problem with music fades because like tons of folklore has been yeah. passed down through music. Isn't it like and folk songs that like were never written for just so many years. Yeah. Like and I don't even mean like thousands of years ago. I'm talking in the nineteen hundreds. Tons mm-hmm. of folk music was just not written down and it was just like played throughout like the country. Yeah. Of t- little traveling groups who would play their songs and the other people would be like, I like that. I'm going to do that now with, with my own variation. Right. Music does not fade. It, it like, it just it evolves. Changes. It expands. Yeah. And uh, there's uh, cats do die. Though. I think it's, <laughs> we agree there. Uh, I think it's house of the rising sun or something or, or paint it black. It's one of those songs. I always mix those two up in my head, but one of them is like the original lyrics of it. They don't actually know where they came from and it's been adapted over time and modernized and yeah. then like i'm pretty sure it's house of the rising sun and then there's a specific version that got famous there's so many fireworks happening above us i assume oh there was a reds game uh that'll do it we lost oh. <laughs> but <laughs> we what we, we lost the reds game but then why are they doing the fireworks because we played nope i don't we it's, did it at least with disney uh if you plan fireworks, you either set them off. No, no, you you have to set them off. You can't, it's not like oh, putting this back in the storage. Like the way that it's set up, you uh, have to let them rip. Well, so I. Uh, they do fireworks at every Friday home game. Yeah. They don't typically do them. Wednesday at nine. Wednesday at nine, unless they win. I just moved here in February. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I'm just letting you know. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. And our viewers are now. Because this is staying. We don't really cut things out of our podcast. This is forever. This is forever. Art right. <laughs> is for keeps. <laughs> <laughs> the reds are for keeps. Podcast is art. Yeah. Wow. Well, we can end it there. Wow. Just kidding. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Please tell me this movie ended like... Uh, oh, this movie ended. <laughs> oh, boy. I guess it ended. Uh, I don't know. But like uh, the Spider-Man movie where Aunt May comes in, like what the? F-? But with <laughs> the owner oh, of the house no. just walks in. No, I no. wish it. It he does escape through the skylight. Mm. That's how it ends. Yeah. Um, we see the owner in pictures in the dream sequence, and then a weird scene where he's doing something. Where Willem Dafoe is in the bathroom. He puts a needle <laughs> into some alcohol. And then he starts putting it next to his teeth. It's, I don't, 
I don't know there's, if he's trying to brush his teeth or like scrape the plaque off or something, but it it just there's no explanation. And then he sees the owner behind him, and the owner slams Willem Dafoe's face down onto the counter. And then the owner wasn't really there. But that's what we see. Yeah. And I don't get it. I don't get it at all. And I don't. And I don't get it. Um, in the trailer, him walking through the green lit hallway. Ah. Uh. <coughs> bless you, bless you, Bryce. I ate cheesy crackers before I came here. <laughs> and they're just now coming back. <laughs> They've been back. It's just now I can't hold it back. I don't know. Um, Willem Dafoe, Greenlit Hallway. He finds a secret hidden door in a wardrobe. And he meets uh, the White Witch of Narnia. <laughs> no. She gives him Turkish delight. <laughs> and he goes, what is this? I've always wondered. <laughs> it's, it's tasty. <laughs> Um, he, yeah, hidden doorway with teeny, a teeny tiny hallway, teeny tiny hallway. It's like super thin. Like he kind of goes in sideways. Yeah. To walk he finds it. at the end of the hallway, the missing painting that he wasn't able to find during he was the heist. Specifically looking for three of them and then didn't find the one. Yeah. It wasn't where they said it was. And then be. he looks over to the right and he goes, Oh my God. And he like freaks out and he goes back down the hallway. Yeah. And then he's like, What? And he goes back down the hallway and he looks. And we see on this table a body. a body. And it looks like the owner. And so for a second you're like, oh. Not, not just a body. It's a body on an altar, yeah. essentially. Wrapped in a shroud with, like, covered except for the face. And then there's a book on the body. And then there's also some neon lettering on the wall that i forget what it spells out i don't know it kind of felt like chapters titles to me with yeah that when the neon lights came on yeah um so you're like oh the owner is dead he's never coming back i thought that's like, why people aren't checking i thought that would explain things of like oh he like he didn't go on this trip he died in some sort of ritualized way as some sort of art statement it's like got it cool makes sense we gave the movie too much credit it's a rubber body it's fake it's a fake rubber body um and and i don't know if the if the owner made that book or if that is i don't know what that book is i have no idea what the book is i have no idea why the body was there the book is some sort of religious something or other and it has this whole thing about like you you find uh you find friendship through opposition was a phrase that it had in it. And it was supposed to be very like heaven and hell, yeah. duality, religious vagueness, etc. I And he reads it. Yeah. And he gets like real into it and yeah. starts drawing things. He takes the, the painting he that he makes was, an altar himself. Yeah. He takes the painting that he was looking for out of that room he takes the book out of that room and then he just never goes back there. Yeah. It's never, it never comes up again. Uh, yeah. Um, <clears throat> I, he goes kind of crazy. Yeah. He goes a little crazy. I also want to think about like, uh, I thought there was an implication that, Willem Dafoe was involved in the art world to some extent, besides just being a uh, theft. Um, of like he, I thought maybe he knew this guy, and he targeted this specific guy, 
or like he had a personal reason to i didn't him. think it was personal i thought it was just like this guy was a mark and so like the dream sequence yeah. where he's at like some art gallery thing mm-hmm. i thought was just like he was going undercover to do some you know scouting the dream sequence kind of acts as like a flashback um but then with maybe the, maybe <laughs> but because it has a lot of imagery that was in the apartment um but there are a couple things that he says so like the whole sketchbook monologue art is for keeps thing implies that like he's always had some interest in art he sketches throughout the whole thing and then he obviously knows who the owner is like he recognizes him you would have some sort of information about your mark i get that that makes sense but then there's some sort of metal that he pulls out where he's like i have the blah 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 now like it's it's like a I don't know. It it seemed like a big deal, but not a big deal that I recognize. It's not like he's like I have the Oscar now or <laughs> something, but like a big art prize. So I was like, oh, he knows what that is. Mm-hmm. He's aware of like this guy's prestige. Yeah. But then there's also a weird thing where the painting that is in the place where he thought the self portrait would be, then it's it's just a bunch of people having sex, and then like the the owner is, is in the middle in the middle of it, and then there's like a blotchy thing covering one specific figure's face and Willem Dafoe looks at it and he's like you son of a and so it's like supposed to be like that was his or he view thinks that he is in the painting and I also don't get what that means but just the way that they frame him looking at the different shots around or like the different pieces of art around the place and then he draws like the devil horns and stuff on the guy and the family portrait and stuff it still felt pretty personal Mm. so i thought maybe this is also giving the movie too much credit i think it is but the opposition through friendship thing yeah i thought that he like it was implied or something that willem dafoe was an artist he is now a starving artist and essentially in hell he's in the lower areas of the art world and then the owner is in heaven um, because he is elevated in the art world and celebrated. And then maybe he doesn't fully deserve the, his recognition. And Willem Dafoe does for some reason. So that yeah. was like the, the friendship in opposition. Or like they they kind of talk about like needing a balance between heaven and hell. Or like darkness and lightness being together. But it... it it's never fully developed. Now, this movie, one, we are tired because it's late and we recorded a podcast before it. Yeah. But this is kind of an exhausting movie, I feel like. There was a part. Talking about it is just like, uh. There was a part watching it where I was like, I'm going to take a shower later and I'm looking forward to that. Um, so when he's finally about to make his like final descent and escape, yeah, he is like, slowly walking because we don't even need to touch on it that much at this point he broke his leg throughout at some point in the movie he fell off of the he makes this whole structure yep out of all of the furniture so that he can reach the yeah. skylight um he falls off of it at one point and breaks his leg yeah so he's another, very slow to walk another minor thing the way that they framed that was also like look at this piece of modern art yes and then like um I thought that was also kind of going into the what is art territory, but then again, not fully developing that. I thought like you did, the owner would come up in some way and that he was, I thought he was going to walk in and then like 
pass off this thing as art and like fully ignoring all of the suffering that this guy had to do to yeah. escape it or whatever and it was going to be some art is statement. suffering it was going to be some statement about the institution of art yeah. no anyway he just breaks his leg yeah. <laughs> and as he's making his final descent and like working his way there he keeps repeating i'm going even on the hillside i'm like that. going even on the hillside <coughs> like that's, over and over that's your best defoe when we watched it we both heard i'm going to heaven on the hell side yep which i thought was trying again to tie into that light and darkness thing mm -hmm. and then we turned on the captions and he's just saying hillside mm -hmm. so then it was like oh this is less interesting now yeah. <laughs> um but also he's doing it like a song he's chanting right music fades what happened to music fades this is a chant it's what not music, music fades music fades music fades well it has to fade out for the next song to come in Oh, speaking of the next song that comes in, yeah, thanks, Bryce. That's really great. That's really great. <laughs> I forgot. That's really it. great. This whole movie is like one weird, intense mind, right? Like you're yeah. just like, what is happening? This entire movie. It's really serious. It takes itself very seriously. Yeah. And then the credits roll, and it plays Pyramid Song by Radiohead. As the credits song. As the credit song. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that song. Take a listen after. Yeah. Take a listen after. Okay, mm -hmm. imagine this really intense, long movie, Willem Dafoe, and then and then Pyramid Song, Radiohead. We can't play it now, Bryce. Just <laughs> any, the fact that any Radiohead song was the credits, I feel like also goes into the Wonderwall acoustic guitar dude. Yes, <laughs> honestly, yes. <laughs> yeah. Like, and like I'm not, I'm said, not against Radiohead. No. Like, I, I see the merits of Radiohead. They're good. But it tonally took me completely like, out of this movie he went art is for keeps and then he walks out of the skylight and then it's just <laughs> <laughs> yeah and then after that uh song is over willem dafoe's voice comes back on and the he has this comes back. the chanting comes back and then he has this weird little monologue i don't remember what he says but it was just like what is happening but it was just like why radiohead this whole serious movie there has been like a pretty imp like good score or like uh, it, uh sound not uh, yeah score scores right yeah it was the score but it was like um yeah it's not like songs in the way that like you think of with radiohead no it was, it was composed like it was a, a composition it's very score. emotional yeah uh interstitial isn't the right word but like it was like an orchestra yeah orchestral score that they they made for this movie it highlights the tone and like the descent into madness basically yeah um the only song that does play throughout the movie we should touch on this is macarena <laughs> when the fridge is open for longer than 20 seconds the house will play macarena to remind you to close the door that is the most that we learn about the owner is that he has a problem with leaving the freezer door open so to the point that he needs to play have his fridge play the macarena for him to yeah. close it so if if they're gonna play a song during the credits why isn't it the macarena because it's a movie where it's like, what's real? You're going insane. This is just ridiculous. Yeah. Play the Macarena for the credits. <laughs> no, that makes sense. Right? It's what the people want. <laughs> like, he, he escapes. He goes, I'm going to heaven on the hillside. And then it goes, dun, 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 dun. <laughs> 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 Macarena. <laughs> <All right. laughs> 
like why radio if you're gonna make a tonal shift why not commit to the bit and make it a thing that your audience has already bought into yeah like yeah if they did macarena my like for the credits like they end it and then it's macarena i would have been like what the hell is happening yeah right they they ended it went to radiohead i'm like what the hell is happening yeah right it went from like <laughs> being interesting to finding out that his name is nemo and going oh come on yeah <laughs> that's how it was with breitbart mm-hmm. have you seen that one mm-hmm. it's a horror movie of if superman went bad oh like, as a kid right yeah, 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 yeah. elizabeth was, banks right it was very impressive like it it's was a james gunn dress yeah yeah it was interesting and then uh you know, at the end, they kind of do uh, Alex Jones. All oh, these super kids are causing problems, and it sets up a really interesting world. And then you get hit with "Bad Guy" by Billie Eilish oh. for the credits. I was like, Is "This bad guy." <laughs> that's a good song, but not for that. Yeah, no, because like it, it was like super heavy. The family. Spoiler alert: People die yeah. very gruesomely. R.I.P. Um, and then it just. <laughs> wow weird yeah anyway uh, go listen to the macarena a pyramid song by radiohead so you if you don't know the song that too yeah let's continue okay uh i just go into production facts after this so i don't know if there's any more like we want to talk about weird stuff that happened in the movie no yeah i'm good the, i'm so exhausted yeah. talking about this movie like yeah. it is <laughs> yeah we we watched this movie let out like a collective groan and then put on our <laughs> new go-to show ugliest houses in america hosted by retta yeah because <laughs> we needed something light <laughs> and star trek deep space nine unfortunately not a light show sometimes it gets dark <laughs> anyway production facts production facts it was released march 17th 2023 uh, runtime of one hour 45 minutes and it's rated r um i will touch on this again or another movie thing um it's rated r partially for nudity mm-hmm. um you don't really see any significant nudity no. um you don't see willem defoe's massive penis and if you don't know that story apparently willem defoe allegedly <laughs> has a distractingly large penis yeah they'd use a body double in some movie because yeah. his penis was too large he was like i'll do nudity mm-hmm. and, and then was, they said no thank you it, it's too much Willem. Yeah. <laughs> put it away anyway um you don't uh sorry this is gonna be a longer point uh but um he's flipping through the channels on the tv yeah, sorry the, yeah <laughs> just like his it, just a longer point just like willem defoe's penis can't relate <laughs> Um, so he's flipping through the TV. The TV's also broken for whatever reason. So the only channel that works is the security cameras channel. Um, but while he's flipping through things, it briefly shows porn. Um, just like a little unnecessary. You could have just showed that the TV wasn't working. And then, um, there are a lot of paintings of like, uh, there's the, the orgy self-portrait painting or not self-portrait, but whatever. Um, and then there's one that they do a lot of close-ups on of like a faceless naked woman and then he also fixates on jasmine who works there and like yeah they're not gonna talk 
during this movie because that's the whole point of the movie is that he's isolated but it just really uses women as set dressing in a way that like the art world for sure does but it again doesn't consider art enough or like doesn't have enough of a hot take about art in order to make any other statement about this it's just like they're just briefly there and she there's jasmine shows up in a dream sequence or like she's at that thing with the owner um and then she also shows up in a different hallucination dream sequence that he has where i guess basically he's just horny yeah (laughs) and he turns around and she's in the apartment and she goes over to him and she like she doesn't touch him the entire time but she like her face gets really close to him her hands get really close to his chest and then she walks away and then you don't see her there but when she first showed up i was like i swear to god if this woman gets naked in front of this man (laughs) this is gonna be my least favorite movie that we have watched so far and it didn't happen but close and i think it's because he didn't know what she looked like naked and like yeah her not touching him was because he didn't know what it would feel like yeah and so that was that part but if he had ever seen her naked on a security cam you bet your ass that she would have shown her ass yeah yeah i'm glad she didn't get naked at work yeah (laughs) anyway what did the critics and audience review so um rotten tomatoes 63 percent with a 40 percent audience score okay uh pretty significant gap between there but not a really positive either way uh 53 out of 100 on metacritic and then i normally also look at cinema score too mm-hmm. this is not on cinema score and there's also like not as nearly as much press about this movie as there yeah. was with other ones partially because it's an international release and then released in america so i get yeah. that um but anyway the critic consensus on rotten tomatoes is inside might be a one-note drama that verges on an endurance test but it does have willem dafoe going for it which is nice yeah (laughs) yeah um and then there was a a good review or an interesting review on RogerEbert.com. um we gave it two out of four um it said inside is made with some evident degree of skill and craft the apartment is a wonder of production design but they're in service of a story nowhere near as profound or audacious as it believes itself to be the film has its moments and defoe certainly gives it his all but there's a hollowness that ends up rendering the whole thing fairly forgettable the cinematic equivalent of buying a piece of art you buy only because it goes well with the couch mm-hmm. yeah 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 man that's they, they tried, huh? It felt very um, style over substance to me of like, yeah, the apartment does look great. Uh, Willem Dafoe does do a good job in like a one-man show environment. And then the story just doesn't give him anything to do. And no apparent, like, if you're supposed to be thinking about art and religion and the meaning of life or purgatory or whatever, then it doesn't it doesn't show any of that in a significant way yeah uh was it a successful movie i have no idea great so <laughs> the budget for this movie i just cannot find it online like i looked at different things like the numbers and box office mojo and whatever and the budget section it just said na <laughs> so <laughs> it didn't I, have one i did yeah just, you know they made it for free yeah so box office numbers 
It earned one million one hundred seventy-one thousand and twenty-three dollars worldwide. Great, so it wasn't a success. Yeah. So eight hundred and ninety-seven thousand and one hundred and ninety dollars of that is from the U.S. and then the rest is international, which I thought was interesting that it, it still made the most money in the U.S. even though it, it premiered at like a couple German festivals and like it. It seemed like it made a decent run in Europe, festival-wise, uh, but I guess not financially. Um, this is the feature directorial debut from Vasilis Katsupis. Mm. That makes me think maybe he's not German. That's not really a German. No, he's Greek. He's Greek. I'm okay. pretty sure. But uh, that sounds yeah, like a Greek name. Because there were also. But the Germans helped with this. Yes. <laughs> um, There's a Hans in there somewhere. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was. I believe it was shot in. I know it was shot in Europe on like a soundstage. Yeah. Um, and then. There are also things in the credits that was saying like special thanks to like various Greek uh, film funding things and also a German film funding thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. His only other credit on IMDb besides a 2023 appearance as himself is uh, a 2016 documentary, My Friend Larry Gus. Um, the film Inside was shot in chronological order, which the director said was very similar to shooting a documentary. I feel like he shot it that way. One, because Willem Dafoe gets skinnier as it goes on, mm -hmm. so it's just going to be easier to do that. But also, I just don't think he thought about doing it any other way. If that's his only background, then he's going to... Yeah, and also at some point, the house floods. The house floods. So, like, floods. you have to do everything before that, before the flood. Yeah, and then... That's that's fine. Uh, you're, you're all good. For audio viewers, Bryce's phone just went off. It's all good. <laughs> that noise... <laughs> alarmed me <laughs> um, it's a cello yeah <laughs> the most alarming instrument <laughs> yeah. um yeah also because it's just the one location i feel like it is easier to do things in chronological order yeah um but also i would have any scene that took place in the kitchen i would have done that any yeah. scene that took place in a room, I would have done that. Yeah. I, there's no way I would have done this crown a lot. Like, yeah. that is... Yeah. All right. So, after reading these various reviews, <laughs> I came up with this question, which is, what if this movie was completely different? Great question. <laughs> so... Then I think Bo Burnham. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, so, also from that same review from the Roger Ebert website, um, the or the reviewer was saying... While watching Inside and finding it to not work, I found myself thinking of three distinctly different directors who could have done wonders with the material. For example, I see Jerry Lewis transforming it into a potentially brilliant piece of sustaining solo slapstick as he reduces the place to shambles while struggling to get free. On the other hand, I can also see the story as a sort of existential art house, no pun intended, horror film from the likes of Michael Haneke? Sure. Sure. Short of what might result if he was inexplicably hired to direct the third Escape Room film. Finally, I would have loved to see this concept in the hands of the late great Larry Cohen, who was famous for films with audacious premises like this and could have properly navigated the moves into sociolo sociological commentary about the value, literal and metaphorical of art. So my question is, is there, well, this interview or this review also says that like Willem Dafoe is very good in this movie. But it's not a super surprising performance from him because he's kind of known for being like a, a weird guy. Mm -hmm. um, so when he descends into madness, you're like, of course, Willem Dafoe is going to descend into madness. Yeah. Uh, so I was wondering, is there anyone you'd rather see direct this and do it in a more substantial way? And would you still want Willem Dafoe to be in it? 
because the example that this guy gave was what if you have someone who is more known for being like a laid back performer mm -hmm. and then <clears throat> it's more surprising when they get so erratic the example that he gave was george clooney like if it was set up as an ocean ocean's 11 film things go wrong and then you're watching the psychological implications of that yeah i mean I, I get that i don't see george clooney doing that because i have seen george clooney be kind of crazy the men who stare at ghosts yeah yeah and it's a very different style of crazy that i feel like right. you get with george clooney um i don't know i like i get like willem dafoe is like a weird dude and so like this isn't like that big of a thing for him mm -hmm. he for a lot of this i um because you know he gets skinnier and his body gets kind of decrepit yeah he has the body for this yeah and I'm, I'm i'm really i'm not like body shaming but he just kind of he is, he's able to like move and 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 look yes. in ways that not every actor can because their bodies just look different he's very aware of like how to manipulate his body and he's also a very unique looking person yes and i think that really helps with yeah. this kind of movie yes if i would want anyone else to direct this movie it'd probably be john hughes <laughs> coming of age film <laughs> Still Willem Dafoe. <laughs> hey, Margarita. <laughs> now, what about Nick Cage? Directing? No, no, in the <laughs> Well, honestly. Yeah. I, I mean, like I, I could see Nick Cage doing it, but it's also another actor who is like, this makes sense for Nick Cage. I think it depends on whether or like how seriously this new version of the movie wants to take itself. Because yeah. like Nick Cage obviously a big fan of his work he's a, also a goofy guy but like i really love the movie moonstruck and he's in that and it's so funny to me when he also loses his mind but that's very early on in the intro of his character and he's just standing there going i lost my hand i lost my wife and you're like take it down a notch man <laughs> i was thinking of uh him towards the end of um the color from out of space mm like the, the crazy that he went was just uh, it was rational but it was just out of place no yeah i think he could do this role yeah i, I just, think i just like to see him in yeah. i think if nick cage had been in this movie it would have one further proven that this is a great year for nick cage yeah but two i think people would have been like what is nick cage doing why is this a nick cage movie yeah willem dafoe being in this it's not a willem dafoe movie but Nick Cage being no, in this? this should be a director's name movie. Yeah. Like. Um, a little 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 hint at what our movie we discuss next week is. What if Kenneth Branagh directed <laughs> and starred? <laughs> I, like, I mean, the main criticism from this reviewer was just, like, it's not distinct enough for yeah. for this type of, like, the, the themes that it wants to talk about. This director's style is not distinct enough to cover that. I don't know if Kenneth Branagh also has a distinct enough style yeah. because... Well, you want a distinct yeah. style. Yeah. And, and a director that would be challenged to make this, mm -hmm. Michael Bay. <laughs> <laughs> that fireworks sequence, five minutes if now. If Michael Bay made this movie, it would be a short film because he would have some sort of explosive device that he walked in with mm -hmm. and he'd just be like, I'm getting out of this place. Yeah. I have, I'm going to get lunch after this if michael bay had directed this film 
that would have been a dead body. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah. And someone would have gotten naked. Yeah. And the... Full frontal. He would have had to rescue, the, like, the owner's daughter or something. Mm-hmm. In some, yeah. The refrigerator actually seems Macarena because it's a transformer. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Willem. Yeah. Sam Owicky. I mean, uh, Will- Willem, Willem Dafoe. <laughs> the Tesseract. <laughs> Uh, a director that I thought of for this um, was Jonathan Demi, um, who I don't believe is alive anymore. Let me, yeah, he died in 2017. But he directed uh, Philadelphia. Um, and let me go back to his filmography. Um, mm. the Silence of the Lambs is his other big thing, Manchurian Candidate. Um, he has a more distinct visual style to me where, like, he has this whole thing in Philadelphia and Silence of the Lambs especially of like actors will speak directly to the camera and it will be in an extreme close-up and it is very good he uses it in like several different ways Mm -hmm. but it's a really compelling way of like showing or fully highlighting the emotions of a character and I feel like he would that would help with this (laughs) yeah I mean, if the movie was different, then maybe it would be different. If the movie was different and he was alive, then... (laughs) You know. Why did you take him from us, God? (laughs) It's because he was in purgatory, and now he's ascended. (laughs) And he's gone to heaven on the hillside. I'm going to heaven on the hillside. (laughs) Well, shall we we rate this movie? Shall we give it our rating? Our rating system is out of four with five options. Zero out of four is no stop. One out of four is that was a movie. Mm-hmm. Two out of four is that's a well-made movie. Mm-hmm. Three out of four is enjoyable and kind of technically good. Four is Oscar worthy. Now, I'm changing mine. I was also going to change mine. <laughs> to a four out of four, baby. No. Our, our current... Ratings, both of us are at two out of four. I'm going to one. I was also going to one. Because, yes, the cinematography and acting were good. Willem Dafoe is the best and yes. probably only good part of this movie. But it mostly was a movie. And if it yeah. is a movie that is exhausting to talk about, it does not deserve a one out of four. Now, I can see that there was talent by the people that made this movie yeah that's not a zero out of four they shouldn't stop making movies Mm -hmm. they should just learn how to make movies yeah (laughs) and you know hopefully they learn some things with this one i i also want to give it one out of four just like i feel like even if a or other two out of four movies that we've talked about then there's always something that we can point to of like i liked this part or like two or three things maybe it's just willem dafoe and i would see him in a one-man thing in any other yep. thing and he tried really hard with this mm-hmm. uh and that comes across and there's also like some visual things that are interesting and like the technical aspects of it are pretty good so that's why i was at two out of four i think i also put it at two out of four at first because i was like i gave i mean i was talking about this the other day of like i gave we have a ghost three out of four it feels weird to give this movie that like is obviously at a technical technically higher yeah. standpoint like a lower score but it's just it's not like i didn't like it yeah 
I feel like there's valid complaints with this. I stand by the fact that We Have a Ghost is a good, solid movie. Yeah. And that this one isn't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Now we can stop talking about that movie. We <laughs> always talk about other movies that we've watched recently. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of run out of things that we've watched recently, but just in the past few months. Mm-hmm. Another great movie that makes you feel really trapped and it's kind of like a, a, a mind F movie of like, what is going on? Mm-hmm. Speed Racer. Oh, <laughs> I thought you were going to say Moon. No. Mm-hmm. No. Okay. Because Moon is great. And I don't want to even remotely. You don't want to associate it. Associate. <laughs> you can pick up your phone, Bryce. No? <laughs> no okay. I don't need it. All right. <laughs> uh, it's just fully unplugged. <laughs> the Speed Racer movie is so bad i wanted to like it so much i remember enjoying it as a as a kid when yeah. i when i watched it um for if you don't know speed racer speed racer mm-hmm. why am i talking this way speed racer yeah is made by the wachowskis oh okay um who, oh, yeah, who yeah. made the matrix yeah i remember this and then no. the sequels to the matrix that aren't good <laughs> it's there forever Bryce, have you seen Matrix 2 and 3? I've seen Matrix 1 and 3. Okay. And I thought 3 was decent. Now, it's been a while since I've watched them. I was a child. That was on VHS. But I believe 3 is the one with the 5 plus minute cave. No, no, that's 2. That's 2? That's 2. Okay. Great. I have not seen 2. There is a five-plus-minute cave dance orgy scene. Mm. Cave rave. Yeah, mm. because it's, you know, early, early 2000s, 90s, when mm-hmm. EDM raves were, like, big. Mm. They were playing Contagious. Yeah. Everyone was having it. It Yeah. Bad. <laughs> Two and three, bad. Four, which came out in the last few years. Yeah. Terrible. Terrible. I haven't seen it. There's a trend of these classic movies getting like their fourth or fifth movie and no one caring or liking about them. I feel like people cared a lot with the hype for The Matrix before Mm -hmm. when it came out. And then it was bad. I did crickets. Uh, Indiana Jones is my favorite intellectual property ever. Mm -hmm. I still haven't even seen the new one that came out. Yeah, the name is Dial of Destiny. Let's try again. (laughs) (laughs) Give it another pass. (laughs) <laughs> um yeah so i believe the only like wachowski movies that i've seen are the matrix and speed racer mm. so far the original matrix is the only good movie of theirs that i've seen you'll look it up let me talk about speed racer they tried to do a lot of things where their budget and technology at the time not it did not work out mm-hmm. too much special effects and green screen it so you know how like people talk about the prequels? Oh, Bound. I uh, like Bound. I haven't seen Bound. Apparently they did Cloud Atlas. Yeah. Um. So, the prequel, the Star Wars prequels. People talk about the Star Wars prequels of like how a nightmare that was to film because it was all on green screen, blue screen studios, mm-hmm. and then they talk about how like all of like the effects just look terrible now. Going back, most of it doesn't look great, mm-hmm. but some of it is like okay, no, I mean that's that's fine. It looks pretty good. It doesn't look like it's stylized to overcorrect yeah. bad or, like, 
not as uh, the technology not being there, right? This movie, which came out after the prequels, is so bad. It it's like what is uh, Toontown? What is the yeah the, the that weird show? The like with the, yeah, the, everyone is like a polygon. Yeah, yeah. No, not Toon. No, no. Um, the 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 puppet TV show, the kids show. Oh, uh, pe- oh. Uh, uh, Lazy Town. Lazy Town. Lazy Town. <laughs> Right, it's like if they lived in a world of Lazy Town that was CGI, mm-hmm. and then they stylized it more because it didn't, it obviously didn't look right that people lived there. Yeah. Right, um, and then also they were trying to make it look, in combination of like, a comic and the old cartoon that it was, mm-hmm. you know, obviously a remake of, and so like a lot of things were like over cartoonized and, and all of this. But it, that okay, I've seen the cartoon. Yeah. Yeah. Um. It was just weird and, and not a good movie. And the acting was good and the cast was impressive mm-hmm. and they gave it their all, but it was just like, it was a tough watch. Yeah. The plot was thin. Mm. So that's that's my recent movie that is basically paralleled with it, uh, Willem Dafoe inside. <laughs> <laughs> I have not seen that. So I'll just talk about Bound because I have seen that mm. recently. <laughs> Bound is good. That's my whole take. Great. Yeah. <laughs> just it's it's also a tense movie um but it's just good <laughs> that's it nothing else to say man nope. it's just good yeah there's like you know lesbians framing a, a man for a crime that well i don't want any of that woke bullshit yeah <laughs> that woke 1996 <laughs> god why are movies so political these yeah. days it's a good movie <laughs> Do you have any movies you've seen recently, Bryce? You want to talk about that aren't from twenty twenty three? Yeah. So Willie's Wonderland. After it gets yeah. like halfway <laughs> through, it realizes, oh, we're a horror movie. Well, and we that brings us to the, the end of today's episode. <laughs> Thank you for watching and listening. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram. If you want bonus content and and uh, content earlier, mm-hmm. then you can find everywhere else. Follow our Patreon. It's real cheap, and you get some good quality. I thought you were content. just gonna say it's real. It is real. Yeah, I promise. It's it there. Is you can go. In reality. You can look. It's right there. <laughs> <laughs> if you're not watching this on Patreon, uh, theoretically, the Patreon link is in this bio, mm-hmm. along with the Instagram bio. Yep. But thank you again for watching. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you leave questions and comments, we will answer that on our uh, virtual house sessions podcast. That's a lot of fun to do. Mm-hmm. We answer community questions. We just kind of hang out. We talk about things. We play little games. That's a, a monthly podcast right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so there is a bit of a delay for when, if slash when you leave a comment, and then we yes. when we will <laughs> get to it. Uh, but we will. Yeah. Uh, next week should theoretically, if everything goes to plan, be our Halloween episode. Mm-hmm. So get ready for some spookiness. <laughs> <laughs> We don't want to jump scare anyone. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we'll see you next week. Tequila? Mm, yeah. <laughs> My brain went to that instead of Macarena. Yeah. Yeah.